0: Are you looking to fine-tune, whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself? In each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine-Tune. So, when I think of the term social media, I often think about platforms that let me share my life. I use images, I use video. Once in a while, I get not so lazy and I actually type something, I use text, but it's really about me. And when I think about Pinterest, it's a little bit more about what I'm interested in as opposed to me and my life. It's about me, it's for me, it's things that. I just might want to keep to myself, but I also have the opportunity to share that if I want. And that's a pretty neat concept. It's, you know, a place that I think about online where I can express my interests, my passions. I'm a drummer. I might want to have really interesting (laughs) insights and images and collect cool pictures of other people's drum kits, you know, the kind that I can't afford, but I wish I could. But then I get to choose whether to share them or not. And I think that's really, really interesting. You know, Pinterest is a platform that differentiates itself in this space, It's also really interesting as a brand safe, positive platform. There's not a lot of controversy. It's stuff I'm interested in. And today with me is Erin Ellison, who is the head of Canada and Asia Pacific for Pinterest. She joined the company back in 2018, formerly a lead of different industry verticals at an organization we might know called Facebook. She's worked in Microsoft on global accounts. Just an amazing background. Erin, welcome to the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much, Corby. It's so great to be here.
0: I also like to make sure that a lot of the extra work that we do as individuals gets flagged. And I know you're also on the board of directors of of Wildbrain, which is really interesting having kids that have been exposed to that content. Congrats on that role as well. I think it's great that you have the time to give back to a great organization.
1: Thank you, Corby. It's a lot of fun, even though Caillou is a very controversial character. You know, people people love Caillou or, or they don't, but I've always been a fan. I don't know about you.
0: It's all about the hair. Separate conversation. So so listen, I kind of described the way I think about Pinterest as a platform and maybe a little bit about the way I use it. Can you give us a little bit of insight into who is the Pinterest user other than me collecting drum pictures? <laughs>
1: Well, I really liked your uh, articulation of what makes Pinterest different. And I would take what you said a step further and say that Pinterest is not really social media in the traditional sense. It's personal media, uh, which you touched upon. And the audience mindset of people using Pinterest of all ages, all backgrounds, is that they are looking for inspiration. They're going there to plan their future and make decisions about what to do next and particularly in their offline lives. So it's not a place where you go simply to go and passively consume content. It's a place where you go to get inspired because there's something you need more context around in your life. So you used a great example of the different drumming kits and things you'd like to have access to but it could also be teachers looking for uh, lesson plan ideas parents in a pandemic trying to figure out how to homeschool how to feed their children when they never cooked before so it's this whole range of both really inspirational ideas that are are more aspirational to inspiring us on how to get through the day in in a different way than you might have without new content and new ideas
0: so i understand the the capabilities that are enabled. What is it about the individual that says Pinterest is the platform for me? Why do consumers choose to flock to the platform to actually express that? You know, for me, I like the notion of collecting things and and sort of having that at my disposal. Do you have a little bit of insight maybe as to why the average consumer chooses Pinterest as the destination to do this?
1: Well, Pinterest is a visual discovery platform. And so when we are seeking ideas about how to do things or what we want to try, pictures and videos are a huge enabler for opening our minds. And what's really interesting is that 97% of searches on Pinterest are unbranded. So they go there without specificity around, okay, this is, this is the type of jeans I want to buy and whom I want to buy it with. They might say, you know, more broadly, I'm looking for boyfriend jeans. And, you know, for a woman over 40, let's just say if there was, I knew a woman over 40 that was trying still to look cool for my kids. And I would search more broadly from there, get inspired. And my mind is so open. I have very high intent, a very open mind. And it is through these images that I'm in a position to discover new brands and really determine what's going to be the right fit for my life. And so I think people go there for that reason to figure out, okay, I loosely know I want to do this. Ashley was just saying to me, one of my colleagues, I really want to go on a trip in December. I don't know what it is, but I really want to be on a beach. And so where you'd start on Pinterest to say, I'm looking for a sunny beach vacation in December. And you would then get a lot of ideas, many of which might be outside of what you'd originally assumed. So there's that. People always go to Pinterest as well, because when you're thinking about the future, you're fundamentally happy. (laughs) Reflecting on the past is a harder emotional process. And that's what happens often in social media. You're sort of being compared to others. Our kids are probably thinking, Corby, I uh, wasn't invited to that party. Why not? But Pinterest is just in its very nature a place where people feel hopeful. So they'll often take a step away from other parts of the internet to go relax with Pinterest, where they can be alone and think about the future. And again, the future could be what am I going to do this weekend? to how am I going to retire in 10 years? And this is a, a place where people feel safe and they feel positive just because of the journey they're on. And it's all of those things combined that really makes Pinterest super compelling for Canadians and people around the world.
0: Well, I'll take that retire in 10 years and see you in eight. But you know, the gene analogy or the vacation analogy is really interesting. And maybe I'll flip the question to the other side of the platform. So if 97% of searches are unbranded, then as a brand or an advertiser, I'm saying to myself, hmm, what an opportunity to get in front of people who don't yet know exactly what they want. They know kind of what they want. In fact, they're willing to show me through their imagery and videos. They're willing to tell me through the terms they use in the searches. So what is it that is so compelling for brands or advertisers to get into that conversation? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about how they do that in an authentic way.
1: Well, pinners come to Pinterest with the intent to seek ideas and often to shop, unsurprisingly. So great ads are both expected and welcomed on Pinterest. They're entirely additive to the experience. The vast majority of the content on Pinterest comes from brands and creators. You're not going to look for meal ideas from me, Corby, because you'd be really incredibly disappointed by what happened. People want to get content from trusted sources, and those are often brands. So brands are completely within context of the Pinterest experience and really very additive. They really power the entire platform in lots of different ways. And so this is why the experience for an advertiser is very different. And as you said, I remember when I first joined at Pinterest and I'm learning about uh, our value proposition, I really realized finally it was one sentence, you know, high intent, open mind. So that also means that whether you're a new or disruptive brand, or maybe a well-understood brand trying to do something different or be considered in a different way with a different capability. Um, Pinterest is a kind of the ultimate discovery platform for exactly the reasons we've discussed.
0: So can you just give me a bit more detail on the line that I think you just referenced around a, a good chunk or majority of the, the content within the platform is actually provided by or created by brands? I guess I never really thought about that. I often just pick and choose. I'm not necessarily an adding layer to the platform. I find other people's stuff, but I've never really spent the time to think about how it got there in the first place. So what is it that a brand does to authentically push that information, push those pictures into the platform versus the individual creators? Because I, I do think that's something very different than pretty much any other uh I know I, I use the term social media, you call it personal media, but a media platform, irrespective of social or personal. How do the brands actually do that? It's quite interesting.
1: Well, first of all, brands are creators. They're some of the best creators in the ecosystem because they have domain expertise, whether it's Canadian Tire or Home Depot, those are the authorities on all the ways in which we needed to rapidly create home offices in our bedroom. Like I am actually sitting here uh, in one of those right now. And so brands are creators. And in addition to that, we are heavily invested in creators uh, who maybe don't identify with a specific brand, but have incredible passions around certain domains and we're also working on brand and creator partnerships. And so all these worlds flow really nicely together. There isn't hard lines between brands and creators. It's all about ideas. The other thing is that the way in which Pinterest works as a platform is that content can really live on. And so you've said, Hey, I didn't really notice that came from brands. Well, there's a massive organic content opportunity for brands as creators because If you see something and you perhaps pin it to a board, that piece of content can live on and on. And, you know, actually trend, we see pieces of content, the same piece of content trend at the same time every year. And and so it's really about ideas and inspiration. And that can come from many different sources and brands are a big part of that.
0: One more question on advertisers, and then I want to flip into a different topic. But so as an advertiser, as a brand... I think most people in market and many of my listeners who are in the space understand the traditional, I target an audience, I spend a certain amount against that audience, I put certain types of format ads, whether it's video, whether it's banners, et cetera, et cetera. What are some of the unique opportunities within the Pinterest platform that maybe not everyone's aware of? And what really works? Like, What's driving the engagement if you said, this is really the way to play in Pinterest?
1: Well, it really depends on what an advertiser or brand wants to achieve, but what makes Pinterest incredibly valuable to advertisers is the audience. I talked about high intent and open mind, but nine out of the 10 people who use Pinterest, which is 400 million people, come with commercial intent. And so what we are able to offer advertisers is incredible signals and data that indicates uh, A., These people are in market for X, Y, or Z. And sometimes what's fascinating for me, and obviously you and I are are, are deeply familiar with telecom uh, or financial services, even verticals, you sort of don't imagine somebody clicking on something and saying, hey, I need a mortgage or I need a new device. But because people start planning for milestones on Pinterest first and earliest, we get the first indication that someone is saying, hey, I need help from a brand because I'm planning a move or I'm planning that retirement <laughs> 10 years from now. And I'm dreaming about that. And you know what? It'd be really helpful if I got content that helped me complete the picture in my own head of how to do that. So it really comes down to this, that, that, intent, which is so clear. You go to Pinterest for content. You don't go to Pinterest to look at what friends are doing and happen upon content. Those are two very different processes, and also, in because I go to Pinterest with high intent, I'm constantly indicating where I want ideas and inspiration, and sometimes it's very short term, sometimes it's very, very long term and we often say, we usually know first when somebody's planning a wedding because they start a board early on to sort of start ideating uh, before anyone knows that this is happening, and often before there's ever been an engagement.:
0: I think back to the debacle that a big u s retailer out of Minneapolis went through trying to predict when someone was having a baby. And I actually think about the very explicit signals that could be relayed on the Pinterest platform, whereby I start to build a nursery, I start to source strollers, I start to do things. It's a very different experience. But by the way, I meant to say you pushed my retirement back two more years as well. You said 10 again, we got to solve this eight year problem. But I, I think one of the things though, that this all sums to is this notion of Maybe the right word is, you said prediction, and I think it's ultimately these trends. And I know you guys do a lot of research on trends. In fact, I've read some of your documents, and they're they're great. Your annual report, in terms of like what is trending, what's coming. You're literally having the consumer audience, 400 million of them, tell you what's going to be hot. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the power in that and how Pinterest uses that information?
1: Well, trends and not yet trending and insights is really core to many of our partnerships with brands, even outside of the context, of course, of advertising. It's giving brands insight into where people's heads are at. And before the start of every new year, so coming this December and in previous Decembers, we release an annual report we call Pinterest Predicts. You may have heard of it. And just like our users, we don't look at the past So often when you get these like end of year wrap ups, people are saying, here's what happened. That's not what we do. We say, here's what's going to happen. And so we really create a selection of the most inspiring and interesting ideas people are going to explore for the year to come. So, again, it's not your typical trend report. It's a not yet trending report. And giving people um, the insight into how to potentially action or act upon those trends as a brand. And in fact, the trends are global, which means it's also representative of Canadians. You know, it's an aggregation and review and analysis of data from these 400 million people around the world. And uh, a fun fact is that, you know, 80% of the trends we reveal in the annual Pinterest Predicts Report are correct They even were in a pre-pandemic year, in fact, and those continue to trend throughout the following year. And so by offering brands a peek into the future during that kind of really early discovery process, we help those brands connect more deeply with their audiences. And we've had many advertisers who really action that exact trend and think about it in really unique ways, uh, even if that trend is not explicitly tied to the product or service they want to speak about.
0: So I think back to a story of many years ago and there was a very innovative, well, maybe at the time they weren't, there was a shoe company and they were tracking what was happening in urban centers across the US, spent a lot of time with market researchers in the Bronx and and Queens and, and they saw a trend happening in a certain sort of legacy shoe coming back and they wound up remaking them it was hush puppies and many years ago the hush puppy came back in style simply based on the fact that they noticed what was happening and that was that was real that was tangible physical terrestrial do you have any examples any insights in terms of maybe how a brand has taken advantage of the trends that come out of the Pinterest platform and maybe something they've done with it, whether it's actually translating into a new product, new service, or to your point, maybe it's just the way in which they market and take advantage of the sentiment and the desire of the consumer audience. Uh, anything that comes to mind?
1: Well, that's very well said, Corby. There is everything from the very explicit, what product should I create? You know, and 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 we work with e-commerce disruptors in Canada, many of whom you and I are both familiar with. Amazing Amazing brands with amazing stories, and it's as explicit as saying you probably want to make this kind of underwear. One of the trends last year was athflow, which is <laughs> athleisure but kind of nuanced and a little bit different. Which was, of course, an outcome of people wanting to be comfortable all day while they were working from home. But as you said, it's not you know it's not always like that, and sometimes it's about capitalizing on a feeling. And a really great example is Buick. They created a campaign around the little moments of big love trend. And this trend showed that people on Pinterest are celebrating even small occasions, because that's all we've had in many instances is we're trying to make the best of a small occasion. And although this trend was born from the category of parties and events, that didn't stop Buick from taking advantage of it and tapping into this insight that people were hosting movie nights under the stars. Uh, And so the campaign performance exceeded benchmarks, which were 75% higher video completion benchmarks than many other channels. And it's because they thought, okay, even though we're an automaker, how do we make sense of that trend and bring it to life? And so I think this is the most powerful example of how we can use that data.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Making the the best of small occasions, it's kind of just like giving your employees and your team the pat on the back. And every once in a while, just reminding people that sometimes you don't need Big wins, big prizes, big payouts. It's little things, and and I think that's a, a really interesting point to get into. Really, my last question, you know, the platform is just it's positive. You know, I I can share what I want, I can be me, I can choose to keep it for myself, and and just aggregate and, and organize my thoughts. And I can, you know, I mean, heck, it's my birthday in in a few days, and I'm thinking about how do I create a board of what I want and share it with everyone so they can get it for me. But maybe talk a little bit about that side of the platform, when you think about what is it that keeps Pinterest just a really positive, happy place where people go to express themselves? And how do you guys think about keeping that going forward into the future?
1: Well, when you have a platform with millions of people using it, uh, we believe and always have that you have a responsibility to ensure that what you're putting out into the world is fundamentally good. This is a belief we've had, that we had a role to play in that. And so we've made very deliberate design, product, and policy decisions over the years to organize Pinterest around positivity and inspiration. And so while some platforms have to be focused on filtering negativity out or building policies to take the negativity out, we started from the beginning by wiring positivity in in, in many of our most fundamental decisions and how the product works and i you know i'm very passionate about this and it's amazing how relevant it is today as we sit here and so in 2016 we launched a health misinformation policy and we prohibited anti-vaccination content in 2016 not knowing we would end up where we are today so well ahead of the a, curve way, yeah well ahead of the curve and in 2018 we stopped running political ads in 2019 we saw that people were facing mental health concerns And they would go to Pinterest to say, hey, I need relaxation techniques or stress management techniques. And so we rolled out compassionate search so that when people sought information about these types of topics, we gave them very specific mental health content that was perhaps provided by local mental health institutions and organizations in 2020, in the COVID crisis, we made sure that if anybody started looking for information on COVID, they had authoritative search results, so they were they were given the right information. But you know, I, I'm so proud of something that's more recent, which is just this year, we realized and developed a consciousness around the fact that people were getting stressed out about their bodies and, and getting really, really anxious about having to return. <laughs> to a work event and to go return to their social circles when their bodies had changed. In fact, uh, almost half of all people's bodies have changed. People have gained weight. And we decided it was not ever going to be additive for people to see weight loss ads. And so we actually banned all weight loss ads on Pinterest in July of 2021. And we're the only major platform that's made that decision. And so this timeline is who we are. I mean, this has really been us from the beginning. And as I said, Because people go to Pinterest for ideas, things to do in their lives, it it is by nature a positive experience end to end because you're not going there to passively consume content, which we know may not always make people feel great uh, about their lives at all or about themselves and actually harm their self-esteem.
0: Yeah, that's, I don't even know what to say on that. It's uh, it, it's quite amazing and actually things that I wasn't even aware of. So, you know, thank you for enlightening me and the listeners. So final question, what's next? Any new product launches, features, capabilities, big reveals that you can share about the roadmap of what's coming next for the current 400 million and maybe one day 7 billion users of the platform?
1: Well, so much is ahead of us, but uh, what you'll hear a lot about from Pinterest is our focus, particularly on shopping, you know? So what we discovered unsurprisingly is people wanted, had high intent to purchase. They wanted ideas, but they also want an ability to transact uh, on that idea right then and there. So Pinterest increasingly will become like a virtual shopping mall. And so you don't go there because you know exactly what you want and then you buy it, you go there because you want to browse similar to how you might physically have gone into Yorkdale mall or other malls back when you were younger, people still want an e-commerce experience that includes discovery and it's less transactional. And so uh, we will basically be building upon a vision that's existed for a long time and will continue to, which is we want to make it possible for, for people to buy anything they see on Pinterest or get really personalized recommendations to be able to buy something just like it. And so it's about inspired shopping, but also inspired buying. So people can really complete that entire cycle. And so we will uh, be releasing very regularly new features for creators, for brands and for pinners to really enhance that shopping experience
0: that's great and it it completely makes sense i feel the danger though of spending too much money on drum equipment coming up so i better uh, i better lay off the platform
1: (laughs) um
0: well listen aaron ellison the head of canada and asia pacific for pinterest i really appreciate you being with me today the future is happy i think that's my quote of the day for 400 million users today and, and maybe one day 7 billion across the globe so thank you so much for spending some time with me today
1: Thank you so much, Corby. I appreciate
0: it a lot. Take care. You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at CFine, through LinkedIn at Corby Fine, or visit my website, corbyfine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.